dear Heavenly Father, our dear Lord, that is the one that set us free. Lord, that a free man, if they're born of a free, they will never understand what is a slave it really means. But it's a those of slaves has all the stripes on their back, had a taskmaster, had to beat them day and night. They have no safety. They have no hope. But then the Savior come. Then the slave can say, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Oh God, we all used to be a slave. Only the slave and who has been freed can understand what a freedom really means. Only they can appreciate the freedom that they have been setting free. Oh, how we thank you, Lord. Lord, we just love you. We love the great Savior that we have. We love the emancipator, Lord. We love the one that is set us free. He said, that if the Son of Man will set you free, you're free indeed. Lord, we thank you for the truth that has set us free. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We no longer have a fear. It's not a slogan, but Lord, it's a reality to us. Lord, we can face our job. We can go to our school. We can go to a different place. When there's so many fears that are on this earth, that are around us, that we can, by faith, can say, can face to face to Satan said, you're not my master anymore. And I'm not the slave to fear it anymore. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord. I just pray, Lord, let those people, Lord, if they haven't experienced the freedom that a word has to set them afraid, Lord, may tonight you set them afraid, Lord. Lord, may they never be the same anymore. But know that it's the blood of Jesus Christ has bought us. So that we can cry that we're free. We're free. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray that the Spirit of God, I know you're already here. Lord, you're not here in vain. You're here to meet the people's need. So, Lord, when the people brought their need before your feet, Lord, may they find a freedom in you. Lord, may they find that a great loving Savior that reach out is His hand and take a hold of the children of God and bring them to safety, Lord. Bring them to freedom and bring them to the place that the Lord you predestinated them to be. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you don't mind, I'll just invite you to Go to the scripture right away. Let's turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 12. Book of Revelation, chapter 12. Let's read from a verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength 
and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night, and they overcome Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. May the Lord bless His word. You may be seated. Do you love the Lord? You know, every time when we're talking about Him, uh, how lovely our Lord is. If this is real to you, I think the, uh, you cannot just stop to uh, love Him more and more. You know, a lot of the time we don't, uh, we don't claim that we know a lot of things. We don't claim that we have a lot of knowledge. Uh, but we do love this Lord uh, because He made Himself real to us. It's not something that's just a fantasy. It's not something that we learn from the theological school or from the church or from different preachings. But it's by experience we know Him. And I just pray the Lord of the youth son. It was a wonderful service this morning. It was all my heart. So I would say amen to every word that I heard. And so I just pray the Lord will bring a little bit more to you. And that also I want to bring out a greeting from uh, different places uh, that uh, uh, I was uh, uh, in the uh, New England area. At first, uh, I went to uh, Connecticut uh, to Bridgeport uh, with uh, Brother Samuel Andy. And he's a brother uh, from Togo. And uh, they uh, know the, the service here. Uh, the people there that stream the service. You know, only when you get into the out of the place uh, like that, uh, you start to realize how precious uh, that what we have. And to the Lord to give us an ministry, give it a pastor, and have the beloved by uh, people that are around the world, uh, and uh, the congregation, they know where you sit, and, and they know uh, who you are. Sometimes I don't think I even know your name, uh, but uh, they, uh, they 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 know where you sit. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, this is a mix that was a cold and the emotion too. <laughs> And uh, so, Brother Samuel from uh, 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 from the Bridgeport, Connecticut, I want to uh, greet you, and also the believers over there. We had a wonderful service there, and uh, to my surprise, uh, I was uh, go up to the platform, and uh, I lift up my eye, I saw Brother Craig Boris there, and uh, I uh, I was feel very reluctant to even go uh, up to the platform. When the, one of the, uh, I'll say that the prince of the preachers I'm sitting up to the platform of what I was doing in here, uh, there, but, um, uh, he moved over there and, um, bring his, his family and so they want, uh, us as a great you as well. Uh, I love brother Craig and he was, uh, had a wonderful ministry and, um, and the second day he had canceled his service and the bring his congregation, uh, to, um, uh, brother Elijah Gibbs. And I think that uh, some of those who would know brother Elijah, I know him for a long time and a wonderful brother, the Lord to give us a marvelous service, uh, uh, which is um, very, uh, thankful. And then, uh, uh, after that, I drove down to, uh, Rhode Island, so where brother, uh, Ernie, uh, has been, uh, raised and born and raised there and met brother Matthew. Uh, what a lovely brother, Brother Matthew is, and all the congregation over there. So um, we have a great time in the Word, and then come back and uh, went to uh, Boston, uh, meet to Brother uh, uh, Tim Dodds, uh, uh, and uh, we have uh, uh, the Lord give us a, a tremendous service. I really appreciate all the reports that Brother Tim was uh, uh, doing, and so, you know, in one of the service, uh, 
Brother Alice may said, uh, Brother Murphy, uh, you might have to preach long. Uh, this is the first time that a brother asked me to preach long. I thought I'm long enough. Uh, uh, anyway, he said you, you have to preach long because um, uh, he said tomorrow because the snows is coming and uh, the people from the outer states and they can't uh, come and uh, also the people here that already came and they need to go back to the, uh, the other uh, states. So they said, uh, you know, take your liberty, preach the, uh, uh, just put the two service together, which I did, you know. I so I. <laughs> so I, I I preached about a two and a half hour. I told Brother Thomas just now. I said I preached your full tithes. I preached the love offering. I preached your <laughs> mission offering. I preached the BCA mortgage. I preached everything. So, but uh, uh, it was uh, it was a wonderful. I uh, I just um, what it won't be tonight. So, so don't worry about that. <laughs> So uh, the, the, then the brother team and them brought to the, the words. Uh, uh, it was a marvelous service. Uh, I think you have the foretaste of uh, uh, the last uh, uh, Sunday when uh, he brought to, uh, the brought to the reports of the Uganda and uh, Ethiopia and Angola. You know that's how our hearts uh, uh, beats us for. We want to support to the work. We want to get a message to uh, that the people who is the less fortunate of them uh, what we have. And uh, I just pray the Lord and never that is a veered off from the vision that we have. I know you're. I know this church is very uh, mission-minded. Uh, to do everything you can to support, uh, to help those uh, uh, poor brothers and sisters, and get the word to the people. And uh, so, I, I, by Lord's grace, and that we're going to continue to uh, doing that. And so, uh, that's about that. And uh, I'm just uh, go uh, strictly to the word, and uh, I hope you are just uh, love the word and uh, uh, get yourself. Uh, uh, in the uh, in the place that you can hear the word, and I'm uh, praying and so I ask the Lord uh, uh, to use this, this word to uh, bless us. You know, every time when we come to the church, we're not just coming to the church to just spend some time and and sitting on the uh, chair to uh, see how the preacher do, or, you know, what's uh, uh, the manner that uh, he was just preaching. We want to. Uh, Meet God. That's the only purpose that we come in uh, churches for. And Brother Brandon says in uh, the Smyrna church age, and uh, he said to be thou faithful unto death. He does not say be faithful until death, but unto death. He said you may have to seal your testimony with your blood. Thousands, millions have died during all the ages. They die in the face like Antipas, uh, the faithful martyr, they held not their lives dear unto death. He said, often we think that it would be almost impossible to be a martyr, but dare to recall that a faith we daily use to triumph in Christ Jesus is the same faith that upholds the polycarps and all martyrs. You know, when we are talking about all the ages before, we're thinking how our testimony can compare with the testimony of those people. But uh, here, uh, Brother Bamba says, uh, it's the same face that we daily use to triumphant in Christ Jesus. And uh, it's, no, uh, it's not a different face than uh, all those uh, peoples that uh, they're going to the, uh, what you call that, a Colosseum? Colosseum. And they die for the name of the Jesus Christ. And they, um, some of it was burned into, uh, on the stake. Some was eaten by the lions. And all 
uh, all those people that were thinking, uh, what a wonderful testimony uh, that he have. Uh, how um, um, brave, how bold those people are. They never uh, denounced in the name of uh, Jesus Christ. And thinking about the today that what we are, we're living in the... Uh, it seems like uh, uh, everywhere uh, prospers. You live in the country uh, that uh, uh, had a freedom. You know, though some people, uh, they might live in the communist country, but their uh, living is much, much uh, easier than it used to be. And even, uh, you know, for example, you're talking about it in China, and uh, you talk about a persecution, but how that persecution can compare it with the persecution that will be feeding in uh, in the lion's den, and to be uh, eaten by the lion, that are beheaded by the Roman soldier. There's nothing to compare in that wise. But you see, there's one thing that we can compare is the faith that we can compare. Because the faith is not our own faith, but it's the faith of God. He gave it to us. If He gave the faith to those people, He gave the same faith to us so that we can deal with the Spirit in this age. That we can live our Christian life and live the life of Jesus Christ. It's just the same faith that those people that has been dedicated their life to the Lord and become a martyr. And so, when we're talking about uh, the uh, the faith, we know that the faith is not is coming by hearing, and uh, hearing the word of God. So, when we hear the, the word, if the word has, um, uh, uh, we'll say, have the uh, is the truth of it, then when we hear it of the word, if we hear is right, then the truth will deposit the certain faith that are into us. And that when we hear the, the truth, those that have been preaching, hear the word in this hour, you will find out that it's not uh, something that uh, that we learned intellectually from, from our mind, but by faith that God give it to us. When we hear the, the word, there is something inside of us responding to that word. It's not only we say amen to the word, but our life will cope with the word. Because if we're receiving the word, and the word come into us, and the, the word itself mixed with the faith, that it would generate the life from inside out. So, when I uh, uh, hear the, the uh, scripture that we just read, he said that they overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And the word of testimony is coming from the word martyr. And it's uh, in the Greek, it's uh, martu, not brother Mark martu, but <laughs> but it, uh, it's a martu. It's uh, it's the same word. Uh, it was coming from the root word um, uh, the, uh, martyr. That was means is the testimony. So when it says that the word of their testimony, if I can say that, that's a word of their martyr. Then some um, they gave their life so that their life will speak forth. Actually, uh, uh, how to say that? The, the word actually speaks the, uh, the testimony of the person speaking it out. And how to speak it out is uh, like those martyrs that are in the Romans time. They had a word of a testimony. In another word, they have the word of a martyr that speaking it out. It's not just by their mouth they speaking it out, but it's the word of their giving their life. When they're giving their life, when they dedicate their life, when they lay their life down, that the testimony speaking it out. 
So when we're having in this age, when we're a testify, it's not a testify. We're uh, give you a microphone. You're uh, speaking about your testimony. What is the Lord done to you? Which is, is wonderful. That is a that's another uh, form of uh, expression uh, of this testimony. But tonight I'm going to talk about the testimony, the word of the martyr. The word of the testimony is to lay our life down. It's dedicate our life. Lay our rights down. Lay our privilege down. That is a speak of force. And Brother Bram said that God's only provided a place of worship. He said that the blood was to be put on the lintel of the doorpost of the house wherein the sacrifice was accepted. Then he said, glory, what is to the life? He said, the name. He placed the name of the person. He said, go up to the door and you look, uh, see what name's on the door before you ring the bell. See, the blood was put on the lintel of the door as a type of a what a, the sacrifice was on the inside. So the blood that was on the doorpost, that means that there's a something done that inside of the house. Because there was a sacrifice, there was a lamb was killed. And then the sacrifice was killed, and then the blood was put on the doorpost. And that blood, the speaker for you. When the death angel come, the death angel won't go into this house. Is it because there was a blood was to show on the limb, or the, uh, or the doorpost, or the lintel. Then we will say, if we have the, uh, if we receive the word, we receive the message of this hour, we receive the sacrifice, that the Lord uh, give it to us in this hour. This is the Lamb of God has slain for us. The Word of God that in this age, then there's a something must be shown on the outside. And uh, that's what's speaking it for you. And that is speaking as a, something was killed. Something has uh, given their life inside of this house and now it speaks the force. So the title of tonight's service, I want to say this, the blood of the Lamb is the word of our testimony. It's not how we uh, we try to do things, but it's the blood of the Lamb inside of us that was speaking for us. It's speaking of there is a sacrifice that has been made. So, in the time of um, uh, Israel, that we, uh, Israel at time, and in the Jews, and then when they have the house, they put their name tags uh, on the outside of the house. And when, uh, and the name tag shows who's living in that house. And uh, when the when a, a Passover come, and the, the Moses asked them, said you have to uh, uh, sacrifice the lamb, to kill the lamb. And then you have to apply the, the blood on the doorpost. So that when the destroyer or the death angel that are coming, the death angel have no rights to go into uh, this uh, place and to kill the, the firstborn. You see, when the death angel come, he doesn't care what's the names on that house. No matter you're John, you're Susie, you're Murphy, or you're whoever you are, he doesn't care about the name tag. The only thing will make the death angel pass that house is there must be blood on that. In another word, when there's a name tag there, on that name tag, there must be have a blood on that name. Because without the blood on that name, no matter how powerful that man is, the death angel still have a right to go into that house and to drag the person out and slam that person. 
You say that in this age, God required us. He said, we must have the token. Some people that it might be say that Israel said, hey, I do have the sacrifice in the house. I killed the lamb. I eat the lamb. I'm inside the house. But if they don't put the blood on the doorpost, no matter how many lamb that you eat inside of the house, the death angel can still go in. You can keep the lamb that inside of the house. You can eating the lamb. You can eating everything. You can uh, have all the sacrifice that you made that inside of the house. But you see, if you don't put, if you don't put the blood, the token on the doorpost, the death angel have a right to go into your house. People can say, we love the message. We read the message. We're listening to the tape. There is a sacrifice that inside of this house. But if there is no blood on the doorpost, the death angel can still drag you out and slay you. The life, though, though you said that, you know, I'm a message believer, I come into the, the church, but the life has to be showed. The life has to be on display. It's not that uh, I believe in the message, I believe that the prophet, you know, my mom and my dad, they're spiritual. I go attend to the service every Sunday, every Wednesday, I go attend to the young people's meeting. You know, I went up to the altar, but the life must be showed. The life must be shown on display on the outside. Without that life as a token, without the token life, the lamb's blood will be shown on display on the doorpost, on the outside of it, so that the people will know by your fruits that they recognize what to the sacrifice inside of that house. That's why that you can see that the people they can sit in the church, but their heart is not in there. And they can sit in the church and they're listening to the preaching. But day in and day out, it seems like the preaching doesn't take effect on their life. And it seems like the preachers, they pour their whole heart out. And they're Sunday morning and Sunday night and on the Wednesday and all the camp service. and It doesn't mean that they're bad people. It doesn't mean that the people that go to drink, they go to smoke, and they do the all, all kinds of worldly things. But it just seems like that the life doesn't take hold. It just seems like that when things that happens, is they're the one that's always a fall. Yeah, it seems like the things that happen, that there's some, um, the Satan that come to, uh, uh that come to, uh, attempting, uh, we'll say the death angels, the passing by. It seems there are nothing holding them. It seems that the life, it just doesn't show up. It seems that the life just doesn't match with the gospel. It seems like uh, the bitterness just cannot get out of the way. It seems that like it just cannot overcome the wilderness, the coldness when they started creeping in. It's not a means that they're totally go back to the world. They're still coming. They're still coming to the church. They're still reading the message. They're still coming to the church, listening to the, the preaching. But the life just doesn't match with what the gospel said. You just can't see the spark. You just can't see the zeal. You just can't see the passion of the word of God to the word of God and just happen in that person. 
It's inside of there just flowing along, just flowing along, just coming in, just going out. But it seems like nothing dramatically, or not dramatically, nothing just, um, oh, 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 just totally changed the person's nature. It seems that the life is not just totally changed. But they're just a good, they're good people. They're good boys, and they're good girls. But the life just doesn't come. And when it goes through the certain things, go through the trials or things, uh, it seems like they're just getting them getting colder and colder. And then they become a sad and it seems like uh, when they are coming to the church, but there's no joy in there. And when people can enjoy the word, but they just couldn't enjoy the word. It seems like the sadness is just constantly just taking them away. And uh, you talk about the faith. And it seems like the faith just cannot generate it rising up from them to make things as happen. Though they're eating the word. Yeah. Though they're still in the house eating the lamb, coming to the church. But there's no blood that applied on the doorpost. When there's no blood applied on the doorpost, the death angel have a rise to coming in. And that's what we saw. Time after time, you saw that the people, they come into the church, you give them a year, two year, and uh, sometime in the 10 years, 20 years, and it seems like all of a sudden, the death angel just coming in, drag them out, and slim them right on the doorpost. And you never see them anymore. And we're thinking, oh, it just uh, uh, all of a sudden happens. There's nothing all of a sudden happens. God always is warning first. And then judgment. Whenever things this happens, we always want to go back to the source of it. What's happened? You'll find out that the people, uh, they're, um, they're, uh, first, uh, they're very fervent. They're first, uh, they're, uh, they're have a full of zeal. They're coming to the, the church, they're sitting in the front, they say amen to the word, but, uh, uh give it up a few, uh, uh, a few years. And something started creeping in. If they're not dealing with that, they're still eating the word. It's still coming to the church. There's still some sitting in the front, some sitting in the back. It doesn't mean anything to me. Whatever that you sit, they can listening to the word. But without you noticing it, from the outside, you can't even see it. From the outside, it seems like a nice person, good person, coming to the church, saying amen. But gradually, you just feel something doesn't hit. Something doesn't click. Yeah. And then slowly, slowly, they start to backslide. Slowly, slowly, they start to, things start to creeping in. You know what creeping in? The death angels start to creeping in. For the people, they might thinking, oh, that was just a little video. You know, it's just a little game. It's just a little thing. Let me see this. The death angels start to creeping in. Why? Because he saw there's no blood on the doorpost. If there is a blood on the doorpost, if the word taking effect on the, the per, on the, the person, the death angel have no way to coming in. The world in this have no way to coming in. No matter what's happening on the outside, no matter what happened on other people, you find out they're always holding their standard high. They're always not compromised on the word of a God. They always say the word of a God is the truth. I believe every word of a God. But you see, there's a blood must be on display. 
on the doorpost. You're eating the sacrifice. You're eating the word. You must have a face to mix it with word. By hyssop. By the little simple face. Apply the word. Apply the word in your healing. Apply the word in your home. Apply the word in your children. It's not how many knowledge that you can know. You can have a gifted of the teacher behind the pulpit teaching you all the principle of how to raise children, how to deal with a certain situation, but without a simple hiss of face to take a hold of the word of God, apply it on the doorpost. The death angel will start you creeping in. Then the death angel just coming in gradually. Then it ch- chop, chop a little bit off, a chop a little bit off. Then you saw that the skirt started getting shorter, skirting tighter. Then you said that the different things started to happen. The nails started to get a polish around. I have a quote for that. Well, pastor is not here. I'm so glad. Well, I don't know if you're glad. You're thinking, oh, Brother Murphy again. Pray for Mr. Trudeau. If Mr. Trudeau had a good relationship with China, by now I'm in China. So you don't have to listen to me preaching. <laughs> but the things that are, do have a quote for that? I think I, I remember I shared it with you before. When I first uh, come into the, the message... I was reading the quotes, and uh, the brother Brandon would talk about a comic book. Right? Yeah. Yeah. right? Is the brother Brandon talking about that? Yeah. And then the brother Brandon was talking about the, you know, the, you, you let your children read those uh, comic books, and you just set their mind for the, uh, for the devils to come in. Right. And at that time when I was reading that, I was actually have a ting ting in my, in my hand. I, well, my, I well, that's my most favorite book uh, before. Then when I saw that, I said, no, not my Tintin. <laughs> but then you know that you read that? You read that? Something working in you. God's word will always not try to educate you. God's word is trying to work in you. It doesn't, it doesn't take it a pastor. It doesn't take brother Tim coming behind the pulpit and nailed it and nailed it and nailed it. No tin tin, no tin tin, no tin tin. It doesn't take it just one phrase of that. When I saw that, I said, Lord, this is the truth. If the word of God is the truth, it doesn't matter what is it. It's the whole truth. But brother, brother Thomas said it, that's a hundred percent truth. No matter how small it is, but it's still the truth. No matter how big it is, it's still the truth. But friend, we're talking about the skirt and the different things. That they said, as long as you're doing that, as long as you're still wearing the shirt, that's still one word broken. Right. 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 Then when I saw that, I said, Lord, here goes my ting-ting. And I go back to my children. I apologize for them. I'm sorry, kids. I bring the ting-ting to the home. I don't know. From today on, no ting-ting. It doesn't take the whole complicated theological thought to let us apply the blood. Apply the blood is a simple thing. When you hear the word, go do it. You said, I don't understand. Who asked you to understand? The word of God has said, that's the that says the Lord of the cloud is the same as the that says the Lord in our daily life. 
And it takes the, it's the same face. It's the same face. And make those people become a martyr. It's the same face. Make us triumph every day in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. If you find the nail polishing quote, I'll give it to you. My, you're quiet. Heavy. Anyway, but it's still the truth. I'm just taking a one example. I think I said that the last time before I left. It's not because my family don't do it so that I have a right to feel safe. I can preach against it. I preach it against it because the word of God has said so. What is it? A death angel starts you creeping in. It's the blood of the lamb that veered off, that's uh, against this death angel to coming in. If there's a no blood on that outside, when a death angel coming in, he doesn't say how much mess, how many messages that you read. He doesn't say how many tapes that you listen. He wants to see the blood on the doorpost. And you start to find out that those things start to creeping in. A little by little. A little by little. You let a little thing in. You let that little thing in. You know, little by little, you'll find out how in the world I have a problem. How in the world my family got a problem. How in the world my boy got a problem. How in the world my girl got a problem. The blood has to apply it. Otherwise, no matter how much lamb that you eat on the inside of the house, without that, that blood, the death angel he doesn't knock door. He doesn't ask your permission. He just see if there's a blood on that. You see, the blood speak. And if there's no blood, who's going to speak for you? If there's no blood, only you speak. You try to cry, you try to reject, you try to, uh, you know, against this demon, try to come in, you try to say this, try to say that, that doesn't work. Only the blood can speak better things. I think it's this time if we said that the rapture is, is coming closing to us. Rapture is, is coming near. It's time for us to check out our daily life. You see, it is only that the blood of Jesus Christ, blood of this lamb, can speak to that death angel. Stop. You have no rights to coming into this house. Why? Because it's the blood speak for you. And for the person, if there is a blood on the name tag, then the death angel have no claim. He cannot come into this house because of the blood has already claimed the person. Blood of the lamb has claimed the person that's inside of the house before the death angel can claim. It's the blood of the lamb that speaks at a stop, death angel. You have no rights to come into this house. It's not what you said, but it's the life that is inside of you. It's the life of Jesus Christ. He said that, and Satan can recognize that. But Abraham said in the token, he said that we now also find in Hebrews, the 12 chapters and 24 verse, 
that a New Testament of the blood speak better things. The blood is speaking. Then the blood has got a voice. And the voice of the blood is the world, is the word. He said, hallelujah, that's what make it is whether it's right or wrong. The word is identified by the voice of the blood. The voice of the blood is the Holy Ghost. That brings life. It is a life and it brings life to the word and quickens it. If you have to the Holy Spirit, then the blood will speak. It's not to the chemistry of the blood, but it's the Holy Spirit that is speaking that is through you. But Abraham said in the same message of the token, he said in the New Testament, he speaks of a resurrection and life. He speaks of a healing. He speaks of a joy. He speaks of a power. He speaks of a life. He speaks of a heaven. You see, this is all your rights. Yeah. Satan have no rights to take this away from you. If you have that blood, then you have a right to everything that the Lord give it to you. If you have that of the blood in you, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, which I do believe that you have, then they said it will speak of the resurrection of life. Resurrection of life, it belongs to you. And it speaks of a healing. Healing belongs to you. Holy Spirit is not only just living inside of you, laying that adornment, just wait for the rapture. Holy Spirit is in you, it can heal you. Holy Spirit in you can heal your family. Holy Spirit in you can heal your mind. Holy Spirit is the spirit of the working. Holy Spirit is not just laying dormant in there. That we can only come to the church waiting for rapture. That's not what the Holy Ghost will need to do. Holy Ghost will live in every day of our life, every aspect of our life. And can work mightily that in our life. He said, he's speaking of a joy. If the Holy Spirit are in us, the Spirit of God will bring joy to us. And the Spirit of God, if they're in us, he speaks of a power. And he said, he speaks of a life. He speaks of heaven. Everything, this belongs to us. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, the blood they have on the doorpost, that the life of Jesus Christ is manifest on the outside of him. He said that the blood of Jesus Christ covers all our sins. Not only just one, just only the, just a small part of it, but all our sins. And speak of peace and a resurrection. And power and life and healing and all the redemptive blessing that the blood was shed for, it speaks for us. It's not you speak anymore, but if you have the Holy Spirit living in you, which by receiving the word, then the Holy Spirit quickens that word. Everything the promise of God has given to you, it all belongs to you. And it's not only you speaking, but He will speak for you. It's not a we try to utter the testimony, but there's something inside of you crying out. It's the life that is inside of you crying out. In a token, he said, but a true token of the blood speaking out. Speaking of a living, resurrected presence. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. He said, right, living right now among us. Amen. He speaks better. From not, not dead forms and the craze, but a living token of a living resurrected Christ that living, that liveth in us. If there is a living word living inside of us, if there is a Holy Spirit living inside of us, that should, that should show the appearance of living. Your life is a living force. 
When there's a sadness coming, when there's a trial coming, you stuck out of your chest and say, Satan, you cannot make me down. I don't care what comes, no, you cannot deprive my joy of worshiping God. Do you know you have a right to worship God? Let me read you a quote over here. If you have that blood that are living in you, if you have that blood on the doorpost, if you have that Holy Spirit in you, Brother Brandon said, he said, he said, those are Israelites, they have no rights to worship who has not come through the blood. If there's no blood, they don't even have a right to worship. All the worship will be in vain. But he said, Israel had to the shed blood of the Lamb. The only way and the only place that Israel could worship was under the shed blood. He said that's the only place the worshiper could actually worship officially was under the blood. He said every fellow that comes to worship God must first be recognized that there was a sacrifice who died and his blood was shed which you might enter into fellowship and accept it. There is only one place that man can meet on a common ground and of a worship that is under the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Does Jesus Christ shed the blood for you? Does he give us the bleeding bloody word to us? If you accept it, then there's a blood in there. There's a power in there. Then by faith, apply that. Then the word of God living in you, you use yourself to it. Then it'll work in its way out. That is the living is the way it out. And the brother said, you have a right to worship. Worship is not something that a force or two, but I have a right to worship. In my trials, I worship God. When David lost his son, then when he heard that his son was dead, then the Bible said he washes the face, he put on the garment, then he combs the hair, he go into the temple to worship. In trial, it's not in the trial that we sadden our face. In the trial, in the difficulty, that is the time, that's the best time to worship. Say, Lord, you let me go through this. This is going to come out good. Lord, the Satan means to get me down. But this has a bigger picture than that. Lord, is something going to come out of this? Then you come into the house, you worship a God. And you said, oh, I go through this depression, I go through that, I go through that. Come into the house of a God. And then open up your mouth. Says Satan, you have no rights on me. I reject you. You put a dark cloud on me. Said, I cannot get out of this. You are a liar. Stop to babying with Satan. Stop to planning on those things. You're not coming to church to ask giving just for compassion. We're coming to church to mean business with God. We're coming to church to rise up and say, the Lord, I have a right to worship Him. Satan tried to deprive that out of me. But Satan, you have no rights on that. You watch Satan will run out from this door. We baby Satan too much. 
Well, let them be treading on us. We let them be treading trample on our children, trample on our family. It's time to realize we have a right to worship God, not because of my ability, not because of your ability, not because of your name tag. It's because there's a blood on that name tag. But a simple hiss of faith. That you apply that word. Say, Lord, I know your word is the truth. I know your promise is the truth. I'm going to confess it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to claim my children. I'm going to claim my wife. I'm going to claim my husband. I'm going to claim my healing. Physical, mental. I'm going to claim my soul. I'm going to claim everything that you give it to me. Satan have no rights of it. But I have a perfect right to worship God. In my trial, I have a perfect right to worship God. While my children was a backslider, I have my perfect right to worship God. While you're in a deep difficulty, your job, your education, whatever that is, you have a perfect right. Who gave you the perfect right? Because the blood is still speaking. The blood on the name tag says to Satan, Satan, you have no rights to come into this house. You have no rights to come in this house, and you have no rights to come into the house to drag my children out. That's your place that you can worship. Stop whimpering. When you have the blood, who gives you the rights to whimper? When you have the Holy Ghost, why let a liar to cheat you so that you have no power in you? He doesn't care about your name. He doesn't care about your, your money in the bank account. He doesn't care about eloquency of you can speak or you can quote or you can do that. He doesn't care about you come to the church or reading the message or listen to the message. He cared one thing, the blood. Yes. That blood on that name tag will stop Satan to come into your house. You have a work to do. To apply that blood. To apply that life. But remember said in the token, he said about the thing of it is Christ living in you. Hebrews 13, 8, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Proving that God has erased him out for us from the dead. According to his promised word. It's an identification that Jesus Christ is living tonight. We accept his sacrifice, sacrifice the blood that he give his life. Where is that life? That life is living in you. But you're receiving it. That life right now is living in you. And if the life is living in you, and that blood is still speaking. Amen. And when that blood is speaking, that becomes your word of testimony. Amen. Because you give your life, you lay down your rights, you lay down your life, but receiving the life of Jesus Christ. Amen. So now it's not you speaking anymore, but it's that life that is speaking in you. I better watch my time. In a token message, Bermuda said we find out the blood does speak. It speaks in your behalf. Amen. 
It's not you speaking anymore. It's the blood that is speaking. It's so the life that's in you speak from, from the shed blood. Amen, old brother. I wish everybody could see that. See, if you can see what it is, it's the life that's in you. See, the blood is identify you with it. It's the token. That's what it is. The blood was shed for you. You have been accepted. And the life has come into you. You have the token. He said that that's the Holy Spirit. How simple that is. But by faith, to apply that. Then he said, to believe thou, and all that house shall be saved. Apply it to your family. If you got an unsaved child, lay the token right on top of him. Say, Lord God, I claim him. And then stay right there. If you got a mother or a loved one that's lost, lay that token on them. Say, Lord God, I claim it. You know, let your light shine before them. How to lay the token on top of them. You live a life before them. Let your life shine before them. You become steadfast. You know, many times we're, we're, we're you know, people say that when the children, when the young people say they got experience, then some people will say, you know, I'll say how long that will last. Let me turn it around. Do you know children say that too? I saw my daddy zealous, come, uh, have, um, have a passion for the word of God. But I'll say how long he will last. You know, I saw my mom get rid of her skirt. I'll say how long that will last. I saw my mom get off of this tight plate, a tight skirt or different things or no portion or whatever. I'll say how long that will last. Do you know children said that too? Can children say amen? Of course they can. I'm scared. It's not how much we say. You know, I'll say how these young people, how long they will last. Our children watching us, how long we're going to last. They're watching us, how long our passion can last. If the Lord will let me last for 20 years, I'm going to continue. That is a passion for the word of God. Lasting another 20 years, if it's a Terry. You live a steadfast life. You live a life before your children. You lay that a token life before them, on top of them. Then the people, when they started getting back, backslide, you slide forth. When people started dropping left and right, you stay true to words of God. When other people are sad in their trials, you become happy. Not just pretending, but you know God is working. You know God is molding you. You know there's something great, I just don't see it. But I don't see it, or see it or not, I don't see it, I don't care. But Lord, by faith, I achieve that. When others go through trials, 
with a sorrow in their face. You lift up your head. And you stuck out of your chest. And you praise God. When people complain about their situation. And you don't complain. You just plow through. You just go ahead. Serving the Lord. No matter what situation. What type of things has happened. You watch. How the backslider children. And they, they might not come back instantly. But when you are steadfast, you day by day, your testimony is month by month, year after the year. God is not a silent God. God is not a God without a saying. God is not a God that is blind. Don't say the testimony. If there is a blood in the inside of us speaking it out, if there is a testimony, that testimony is the testimony of a martyr. We lay down our rights. We lay down our privilege. We lay down our life for the word of God. That the word of God is the that is the manifest inside of us. God cannot be a liar. He must fulfill what He has said. But just don't be a shotgun experience. Let our children say that. I'll say how long my my father and my mother last. That that become a failure. Then you last just day in and day out. Even they cannot live the same life that you live, but they will know my daddy. No, my daddy live a life of Jesus Christ. If there is any true believer, my father, my mother. They are the true believer. That's called the live a token life. Then he said, move out all of the worldly trash. Out of your house. Get ready for it. Burn up your shorts. Throw your card table away. Get rid of your cigarettes. Dump your unbelief and your church pages in the trash can. Where they belong. Amen. Then you're getting ready. Then we'll do. Then apply the token in your prayer. Amen. With real evidence. Real faith. Apply it. Apply it with confidence. When you apply the token. Know what you're cleaning. Know that you are cleaned up. If our heart condemns us not. Then we have our request. He said, as long as your people doing them things that's wrong, how are you going to ask God to do anything for you when you know you're wrong? That's the reason we just stagger up and stagger back. He said, I'm not saying this to hurt. I'm saying this to straighten out, to get things right. How are you going to build it upon the charge of a Sodom and Gomorrah? Then he said, get ready, apply it, believe it, clean up. Let your children, let your family, let your loved ones see it in you. Yes. That's right. It will take effect. God is not a liar. Whenever He said that other word, He will fulfill it. But a responsibility is laid on us. Instead of then apply the token in prayer with consideration, with believing, apply it with such love. He said, and so forth, till you know it's going to take, it's going to take place. He said, apply it in a confidence. Believing is going to help. When you talk to that child, when you talk to your husband, talk to your wife, talk to this loved one, believe that is going to help. Amen. It's all hinge on that. Believe is going to help. 
He said, just stand there and say, Lord, I've claimed them. They're mine. I'm getting them for you, Lord. He said, apply it. And create that atmosphere around you. You know, the atmosphere created, a lot of time is by without our conscious. When you are give yourself, immerse yourself in the word, by believing, by prayer, you'll find out your atmosphere become different. You might be can hide from the people, but you cannot hide your atmosphere. Whatever atmosphere you're into, you'll find out when you come out from that thing, the atmosphere speaks louder than your word speaks out. But when you give yourself to the word by believing, there is an atmosphere that's come around you. You know, there are some people, you just love to be wisdom. The reason you love to be wisdom because they have a oh, very different atmosphere around them. You know, I love to be around Brother Ed. I love to, to be around uh, Brother Tom, Brother Jean. Because they're all positive. It's not just that they all complain. They all, uh, there's no such a thing. You know, you love to be with them. You can't uh, get along enough with them. Beside my wife. And you want to talk to them. You want to just sitting around them, listening to them to uh, talk about the word of God, talk about a testimony and different things that's happened. Why? Because they give themselves to the word of God. They give themselves to the presence of the Lord. So when they come out of that, and they carry a different atmosphere. I'm not only saying, I only say the few, the example. There's a many of you, I love to be around you. That around you because there is a different atmosphere around you. I know you're being with the Lord. I know you're in the Word. That's why He carried a different atmosphere. And the people, they want to be that. You see that you do the same thing. You'll find out that the children want to be in that atmosphere. It's not that the atmosphere become an uh, edging. Uh, I don't know what is that word. I think edging or antsy or, you know, something like a prickly, like a, like a, a cactus. It's always complain. It's always no. You don't want to be around that. But even the children, no matter who they are, they want to be in some atmosphere, not just constantly complaining, not just constantly, uh, you know, uh, uh, bawling them out. They want some atmosphere so that they can feel comfortable. And if you can create a, that atmosphere, then the children will be drawn by that. You know, if a person, if you do things that please the Lord, God will make your enemy at peace with you. I think maybe I shared this as a before, uh, a few years ago. You know, there's a, uh, that, uh, there's a person that in China, it was constantly, uh, just, um, spreading things. I said, Brother Murphy this, Brother Murphy that, and all kinds of things that was, doesn't even exist. And, uh, oh, we just, uh, just saying a whole lot of it, but I'll just let it, let it go. Without even, uh, some people said, that, why don't you just, just reply back? Why don't you just, uh, you know, answer back, just telling, uh, telling him that? You know, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's wrong. There was, a, there was things that was, a, uh, was just evil against you. It was an absolute lie. There was nothing true. I said, well, just let it go. I just predestined the trial. The Lord to give it to me. And then uh, one day, uh, this person, this is many years later. Then this person called. And uh, they called my wife. 
at home. He said, uh, is Brother Murphy at home? And so my wife said, no. He said, he said, at the church. He said, why don't you just call the church? So he called uh, to the church. Then he said, uh, Brother Murphy, he said, uh, I want to apologize for you. Oh, I said, for what? Of course, I know for what. <laughs> then he said, uh, uh, he said, let me give you the background. He said, this morning when I woke up, he said, there was a voice speaking to me. He said, go phone Brother Murphy, apologize for it. Apologize for uh, what you said about him. And he said, okay, I just think this is just something, you know, just my, my own self. Then the, the voice says it again, audible voice, loud to him, said, go pick up the phone, call Brother Murphy, and apologize for what you said about him. He said, that's what I'm coming here for. He said, I ask you forgiveness. The things I spread it for you, it was absolutely not the truth. What is this? Then I realized that what is the word of God has said in the book of a proverb. If a man's ways pleasing the Lord, God will make his enemy at peace with him. Amen. It's not try to ask this person do this or that person do that. You do what is the Lord asks you to do. When you do the right thing, had a good atmosphere to set in around you, God will make them drop into that atmosphere. He said, if you got a token, you create a spirit around you, a power, that when you walk, people know that you are a Christian. They love for you to say something to them. They believe your word, what you say. They hold on to it. You must do it. This is the evening time. Then he said, now you've been listening a long time. Now this is the evening time. It's applying time now. Amen. And Brother Bram said, and the God's only provide a place of a worship. He said, I have chosen, I have chosen to put my name at the door of the house of my worship. For my family will be gathered in there under the blood. Like it was in Egypt, anything outside died. And in there, there's a no leavened bread. There's a no denominational mixture in it anywhere. My house, my children, born of my genes. Amen. Glory to God. My genes are in them. I put my word in them. I will write them upon the table of their heart. That's my family. He said, the family of the, of the body of Jesus Christ. The family. He said, that this door you will come in. Not Methodist, Baptist, or Pentecostal, but in the door where I put my name. It ends Methodist. God's name is not a Methodist. God's name is not a Pentecostal. God's name, not a Baptist. God's name, not a Catholic. Stay out of the door then. Say, but in the place where I choose to put my name. Now there is not another place in the Bible given where that God ever put his name only in Jesus Christ. For he is the son of God, taking the name of God and God's human name. See, it is not the my name tag. When you put on the blood on the name tag on that outside, you catch the name of Jesus Christ. That's your name. It's not a Murphy. It's not John. It's not Susie. But it's the name of Jesus Christ on the outside. The death angel will recognize that name. It doesn't matter whose your name is, but he will recognize the name of Jesus Christ. Because you live the life of Jesus Christ. 
When you receive the word, the word has the power in that. It will automatically live the life that is inside of them. No matter how small it is, but that gene that is living in you, if you can your soul receive the word, believe the word of God to be the truth, there is a powerful life that is in there. And it will automatically live it out. You don't have to even speak the word of a testimony. It will speak it out. Because it's not your word, but it's the word of a God living in you. Start to speak it out. And in the feast of a trumpet, I'm going to close here. He said, It's what God says. That is the word. The bride is the wisdom word. They are one. How can they be one? When that word that's that's roll in there become in you and makes you and the word becomes one. He said that that's exactly what he promised. He said then it interpreted. He said God don't need an interpreter. They say well we interpret it like this. You you got no rights to interpret nothing. God does his own interpretation. God said there there be light and there was a light. What interpret? Your life will interpret. When you become a one with the word of God. When the word living in you and you live yourself inside of the word. The word inside of you will interpret. It doesn't need any other people to interpret. It doesn't need your interpretation. Your life will interpret it. When God said, oh God sent to the prophet. You receive it. You believe it. And then you will find out that God sent the prophet and he brings the word that the word inside of you will automatically leave it out. It's an unconscious thing. It's not you try to, you know, I try to make the word of God work. I try to uh, do, do a certain... No. You just give yourself to the word. You will find out that the word will work his way out. And he said, and God's only provided a place of worship. He said, the name is in the word because he is the word. Yes, sir. Amen. What is he then? The word interpreted is the manifestation of the name of God. When you receive the word, when your life has to show the word, show the blood has been applied, that is the word has been interpreted. And that is the name of God. Literally on the outside of you is not your name anymore, but it's the name of Jesus Christ. And the death angel come, the destroyer try to come. He has no right to drag you out. There's no world in this. There's no nothing that in the world can take you out. Why? Because the word inside of you has interpreted. There's the name of God on the outside of you. It's not you living anymore, but it's the Him live inside of you. Let a musician come. I believe this is the time. It's for us to apply the token. It's not just we're reading the message. It's not we're just listening to the message. It's to apply the token by faith. To believe the word of God is going to take effect. It's not something that is complicated. 
I find out that the great mystery laid in the simple things. If the person can, if we can, just simple enough, just believe in what is the word of God has said. And by faith to believe it, you will find out of the word and to, um, to rise up to live it inside of you, to live it out. It was such a simple thing. And in many times, it's the things that's without you noticing it. But you just only focus. Focus on the word. Focus on what is the message of this hour. Focus on what is the Christ has to say, has to reveal that word to you. When you focus on that without anything else to distracting you, you'll find out that life just live automatically. And then you created a different atmosphere just around you. And then God will put the people that you prayed for, drop them inside of the atmosphere. And before you know it, they come into the Lord, they come back to the fold. That's all God do. But He required us to do one thing. He required us to apply the token. To believe what He has said. I hope this we can be simple enough. Just believe the word of God said. You know, for us to, we said, uh, believe the word of God is simple. But for some, for, for some people, it's just become so hard. You, you wonder why this is so hard. It's because they're so complicated. They make the word of God become so complicated. I remember when I first received the, uh, the message. They said that God sent the prophet. But because there's so many theologi- um, theological uh, things that we learned that in the denominational world just filled our mind. So I said that God sent the prophet in this age. It almost seems like impossible to believe that. And you have to fight, you have to fight, you have to fight. But when you come to another point, you say, Lord, I don't care. I don't care what all the other people said. I don't care what all the denominations said. Lord, you have vindicated them. I might have a lot of things I don't understand. But Lord, there's nothing cannot, there's nothing that in the whole world cannot dis or reject what is the prophet by the grace of God has did. What is the ministry that has been showed? Lord, I said, I believe it. When I simple enough to believe that, all the doubt went out of the way. Everything just dropping it off. Then I saw the life start to changing. You see, you apply the same thing to us. Many times I find out that the people, they're getting too complicated. They're getting complicated too much. They said, well, how can I live that life? You know, how to do this? How are my children going to be, oh, come back? How is my family situation going to, just one word, believe. You believe in what is the word of a God said, Lord, I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know how in the world my boys can come back. I don't know how in the world. But you said, believe unto Jesus. You and your house will be saved. I don't know how Brother Hugh is going to be healed. By his stripes. It's not by my prayer. It's not by my try to, we try to do. By his stripes. He's healed. That's the word of God. If we can just simplify it ourselves to believe what He said, it's time for us to believe all God has said to be the truth. Let us ascend. Shall we sing, Let a Death Angel Pass?
I'll need a brother Derek to help me. Let's sing the words. It doesn't matter how seemingly that impossible situation is. It doesn't matter to say how ferocious the death angel is. But you know what? God will never suffer the death angel come into your house to drag you out and to sling you. I know the devil is a destroyer. And the destroyer in the, uh, in the original, he said it means the perverter. It's the corrupter. He's the rotten. He's do all kind of harm, he damage, and he hurt. He do all kinds of things. But you see, if you have that blood, if you have that Holy Ghost, the life of Jesus Christ that's living in you, no death angel can pass. You know why he cannot pass? Let me bring this point to you. You are the predestinated seed of God. Hallelujah. That you're predestinated, not fall. There's a predestinated gene that's living in the bride of Jesus Christ. 
When I was in Boston, I was saying to the, the people, I was saying, have you realized how powerful that gene life that is living in you? I just quote it to you, Brother Branham said, the Lord said, you are my gene. You are my seed. You are my attribute. You are the life of Jesus Christ. There is a life living in you, that His life living in you, but you are His life. You are His attributes. I told him, I said, are you thinking about that legion? I think I say, say this as many times here. And it was abounded by thousands of demons. That demon controls his body. That demon controls his voice. That demon controls his mind. He was a totally demon possessed. But that demon cannot control his soul. When Jesus was on the other side of the lake, he said, we have to cross the lake. Why? Because there was a soul was crying for the Lord to come. You never heard it. I never heard it. But there is a soul somewhere in this building or outside this building. Or in the world or in the bar. There is this crying inside of them. The world just cannot satisfy them. The devil may bound them and they chain them down. But there is something crying. You know what that legend did? Brother Brahma said that that legend will go out of the tombstone. Brother Brahma said, he said, those demons will never come. Those demons will never come if religion not pushes his way out. I told the people in Boston, have you think about how powerful that gene is? That gene of religion was possessed by the demon, dragged the 5,000 demons out of the tombstone. That gene that inside of that religion dragged the thousands of demons chin down pull them out of the tombstone why? because that soul recognized Jesus is here he said those demons know that Jesus is here too they try to run away but that gene of God said no demon you come with me to church tonight you come with me to church I know that all on the outside it seems there's nothing that seems that it work. On the outside it seems that you've been chained down. The devil binds your mind. You're depressed, all the pressure, everything. But inside of that soul, said a demon, you come to church with me tonight. I'm going to be delivered because Jesus is here. There's a soul living there. There's a gene that's living in there. Their life is crying for Jesus Christ. Then Brother Bremer said, When you care, Jesus Christ, He cares. When He pushes His weight out, Jesus casts the demon out of Him. How powerful that gene that's living in you. And I believe that gene living in your children too. And that, I believe that you live in your wife too. Live in your husband, live in your loved ones. No matter what situation that they are in. But they are the predestinated seed of God. You're thinking about if God said that believe unto Jesus Christ, you and your house shall be saved. How would you be saved? Because you are predestinated seed of God. If your house that has to be saved, they must be the predestinated seed of God. And if they are the predestined seed of God, no one can pluck them out of the hands of God. Devil maybe pluck you, pluck them out of your hands.
but the devil cannot pluck him out of the hands of a God. No predestinated seed can be plucked out. One day, might be tonight, God will make them wiggle out of their tombstone. God will make them out, push their way out of the tombstone. Some young people, older people, whoever situation that you're in, nobody despises you when you push your way out. Even your mouth still curse. Even your life still speak evil. Even your life still is not a cope with, match up with the gospel. But as long as you push out your own way from the tombstone to meet Jesus, when you care enough, Jesus care enough to cast the demon out of you, to let a life that is inside of you to live it out, to become a testimony. Not your testimony, but the testimony of the word of God. The testimony, the blood of the Lamb is your word of your testimony. Let's bow our head. Oh dear Heavenly Father. Lord, I believe every word of God is the truth. Lord, if there's anyone here. They feel like their life is not a match up with the gospel. Lord, I myself can lift up my hand. Lord, there's so many areas in my life is not a match up with this gospel. But Lord, the gene that's in me desire to line up with the word of a God. Every word of a God, Lord. Lord, we push our way out. Lord, you deal with us, Lord. Lord, you speak your word in our heart. And we want to match up with this gospel, Lord. Lord, we want our life to be speaking for us. We want our life is to be the blood of uh, the Lamb that become the word of our testimony. Lord, we don't have any testimony besides the, the blood of the Lamb of God. You are our testimony. Lord, if there's anyone in in here, Lord, if you feel their life is not a match up with the gospel, Lord, when they come before you, when they lift up their other hand, they say, Lord, you come to deal with us. Lord, you spoke your word already. Lord, I want to line up myself with the word of God. Lord, I pray that you do this work. If there's anyone here, feel them that they're like the religion has been bound, has been chained down by the thousands of a devil. All kinds of habits, all kinds of evil things, all kinds of condemnation, the accuser, whatever that is, that in their life that they couldn't overcome. Lord, I just pray you, let them understand that they're still the predestinated seed of God. Even the desire for that proof, they're the predestinated seed of God. All they need to do, they have to push their weight out. Lord, that they haven't pushed their way out enough coming tonight and they pack their Bible sitting under the pill. Though sometimes they feel like they're sitting down there as a log. They sit there as a dead. But Lord, there's something that in their soul crying out. Lord, I just pray you, even tonight, even that it's a moment, they carry enough to come to meet you. Lord, you carry enough to cast a demon out of them so that they can be free. They can put their dress on. They can say, Lord, I'm a delivered. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I commit every one of them into your hands. Lord, if there's any parents 
Lord, they haven't been bound down. They haven't been bound down by the accusation. They've been bound down by the condemnation. They feel like, Lord, what have I done wrong? Lord, if there's anything wrong in our life, that a cause out of our family going on our way, cause out of our testimony become a mart. I pray you, Lord, you forgive us, Lord. But Lord, if we turn over every stone, find out that we didn't do anything wrong. But Lord, when you still silent, that it would be certain of a God. That no, Lord, we know there's a bigger picture in there. Lord, you will in your time that it bring our loved one back to the sheepfold. Father, we thank you. We're not just hoping into the future that without any firm condition, firm foundation, we do have a firm foundation. That is the word of God has said. Lord, we believe your promise is said to be the truth. Lord, you take your people to safely here, that you let your home, let your children go back home when it's peaceful. Lord, when they go back home, even in their car, that go lock their in their room, that close their door, may the same presence is going near to them and speak peace to their heart. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Shall we sing another song that anchor the anchor hold before we go? Did anchor hold? Oh, this is she.